everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of the Four String Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Brady, with my co-host, Mitch and Skyler. Um, boys, we are continuing with our team previews. We're talking about the Raiders, the Las Vegas Raiders, making their first playoff appearance since, uh, I believe, 2014, when Derek Carr broke his leg and the Raiders went from first seed to getting bounced in the wild card by Houston. Um Brock Osweiler led Houston team. That's how long ago that was. Um, Good day for Brady. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But the Raiders had one of the most intriguing seasons, craziest off seasons, um, and really have kind of, in my opinion, of all of the AFC West teams, I think they're the ones that are kind of talked about the least, given the storylines of Russell Wilson to Denver, uh, uh, the expectation of the Chargers going forward here, adding guys like Khalil Mack, already having guys like Justin Herbert, and then talking with uh, about the Chiefs, you know, what's the Chiefs going to look like without Tyreek Hill? And I think that despite what the Raiders did last season, I, to me, they kind of feel like they're not talked about enough. I don't know if you guys share that opinion uh, before we do our team previews there, but um, it doesn't feel like the Raiders are getting talked about enough when it comes to the AFC West. Uh, yeah, I would... I would agree with that, but I just think it's because uh, they're not as a complete team as some of the other contenders in the AFC. Like the Broncos, yeah, there's a couple here and there, but for the most part, they're pretty complete. Uh, the Chargers, for the most part, are pretty complete, whereas the Raiders, uh, we'll get into it, they still have some holes, some big holes on their offense and some on their defense, so it's hard to put them up there yet until they've officially addressed that. I mean, I I think it's more uh uh I think it's more of the the like when we get to their offseason we get to all that we'll see the moves that they made where like I, I g- agree with Mitch Mitch to a point where it's um like you're looking at Upstairs. uh like the other AFC West teams were like, okay, they were missing this part. And then in the off season, we know they addressed that part. Whereas there was weaknesses on both sides of the ball for the Raiders and they addressed both sides. It's just, we have no idea what that looks for them yet. Like I can look at a team that went 10 and seven last, uh, yeah, that went 10 and seven last season was second in their division. I mean, I, I can't even remember what I had them going last season. I have to look at now. Um, I had them going nine and eight, so they actually did better than I thought they were going to. That was pretty high on them. Um, so like you have those kinds of moments, and I can be like, that was that was a good team. Like they had their moments. They, I completely and totally agree that the Chargers fucking blew it and should have just knelt, and it, we would be talking about the team differently. But I mean, we talk about the moves that they made, what kind of things that they've done. I mean, they're a ten seven team that has that made the playoffs that has a new head coach now because Rick, uh, Rich Passaccia is no longer on the team. But like we, I, I can agree with Mitch. They had holes on both sides of the team, things that needed to be fixed. But I think that it also showed that through Max Crosby's emergence as a premier pass rusher, um, different parts of this team, it's just kind of like you're thinking, okay, there's, there's, there are some moves that Mike Mayock and John Gruden made that like actually did work. Now can, can uh, McDaniels take those kinds of things and elevate it to a new level. 
Um, that's what remains to be seen is that is, is the moves that they made throughout the off season, getting new guys to come in, making, making new moves, bringing in new depth pieces, getting rid of some of the players that just didn't need to be there. Are did those things help this team move on where it's like, we can look at the Broncos and be like, Russell Wilson's added to this team. This team's automatically better. We can look at, um, the chiefs and be like, okay, they lost Tyreek Hill and these other guys, they're going to be probably a little worse. We can look at the Chargers and be like, holy shit, they added Khalil Mack and JC Jackson and these guys, they're going to be better. Whereas with the Raiders, we're like, okay, how much better are they going to be? Are they still going to be 10 and seven? Cause that's definitely a possibility, but they're already a playoff team. Are they going to stay a playoff team or are they going to get better? That's like, I don't think, cause I really don't, I don't know. We'll get into it, but like, I don't like there's a, there's a, the barometers off for this team. No, for sure. And I mean, we've already, we, we've, we've done a little bit of a run on NFC teams here, but like there's, we've talked ad nauseum about the fact that like the AFC is going to be the harder conference to try to make the playoffs in. And yeah. while, you know, we've talked about a lot of those other mid tier teams, the Colts, the Dolphins, um, the, uh, the Ravens, uh, teams like that who, who float at, or have been floating right around that like 500 to like two or three games above 500 record that haven't been able to make the playoffs. So it's like, we're not that far removed from a 10 and six dolphins team, not making the playoffs. Did the Raiders truly do enough to, to even be a, a, a wild card team, let alone a, a division contending team. But let's, before we talk about, did they do enough there? Let's uh, take a look at their season in review. So, John Gruden started the year as head coach, made it through five games where the team started 3-0 and and then lost their last two games. Uh, sorry, one second. Um, dog toy. Uh, uh, John Gruden was then fired, um, uh, and Rich Bisaccia, the special teams coordinator, took over. Uh, Bisaccia led the team to back-to-back wins against the Broncos and Eagles to have a 5-2 and record heading into their bye week. Then they came out of their bye week, and everything kind of fell apart after that. They lost three straight to the Giants, Chiefs, and Bengals, beat the Cowboys in overtime, then lost uh, two more uh, games to the uh, Washington football team and getting crushed again by Kansas City. They were outscored by Kansas City 89-23 to this year in their two matchups. But they closed the season on a high, winning their last four games to get to 10-7 and and make the playoffs before losing 26-19 to to the Cincinnati Bengals who uh, obviously represented the AFC in the Super Bowl there. Uh, Derek Carr once again finished with a uh, relatively high uh, completion percentage, 68.4, 4,800 yards, but 23 touchdowns, 14 interceptions, and he was sacked 40 times last year, fifth most in the NFL. Uh, Josh Jacobs led the team in rushing with 872 rushing yards and nine touchdowns. Um, And Hunter Renfro has just kind of, continued to be a very consistent wide receiver mm-hmm. had in my opinion a, an absolute breakout year last year uh, 103 catches 1038 yards nine touchdowns um you also had uh 55 catches 665 yards two touchdowns out of darren waller and then you had some production from other guys henry ruggs had two touchdowns but we know what's going mm-hmm. on with him um uh uh zay jones had a game-winning touchdown against Baltimore um, in the first week against Baltimore in the, in the first week. Um, Deshaun Jackson played a few games. Foster Moreau, the backup tight end, had three touchdowns. But 
offensively, defensively, season as a whole, 10 and 7. Uh, Skyler, you already talked about you had this team going 9 and 8. What, what were you guys' thoughts on the, the uh, Las Vegas Raiders last year? Uh, first off, I think I still think Rich Passaccia should have at least gotten another season to prove himself. I mean, he's still the only interim head coach in NFL history to lead his team to the playoffs. And I feel like, you know, hearing a lot of those guys talk about him, they were devoted to him. They would have ran through a brick wall for him. So I think he still should have gotten the opportunity given what he was able to turn around. Um, but yeah, I mean, the talent was definitely there. Uh, Hunter Renfro after, you know, playing 30 plus years since winning the championship in the eighties for Clemson uh, is finally putting it together. <laughs> you meant the 1880s. Yeah, I got you. Yeah. So yeah, it's nice <laughs> to see them finally get that uh, wide receiver. Cause I feel like that's hurt past teams. And now to pair that with uh, Adams is going to be nice. Uh, and Max Crosby, I feel like, you know, Skyler called it has really come into his own and he's definitely a top 10 pass rusher in the league. Um, so there's definitely been some bright spots, but uh, like Brady said, uh, giving up the fifth most sacks in the AFC uh, is, is going to hurt your team. And the, I feel like the defense, even though it has some playmakers is uh, still a lot of glaring holes. And that's really what kept them from uh, going any further. And I feel like Derek Carr had a really solid season. I mean, at the beginning of the season, I there was a lot of MVP hype for him because of what he was able to do, but it kind of tailored off. Uh, so I just feel like it's a lot of ups and downs, but you can definitely see the talent on this team. Yeah. Um, like, I think part of it you have to look to also is like, yes, Rick Pisacci is the only interim head coach to be able to lead a team to the playoffs. But if we're looking at like win percentage, it's still right around the same because it's still like John Gruden went three and two, Ron Bersicchio went seven and five. So it's like right just above 500 um, in terms of like, uh, like actual percentage. If someone wanted to like, like literally a game above in both, in both uh, cases. Um, so that's something where it's like, okay, this team is, good talent wise like you're when you're drafting basically when John Gruden and Mike Mayock just want to draft Bama and Clemson players for the last three years yeah. like you're going to have good talent like those are two of the most talented teams in college football like you're going to have good talent but then you're you're pairing that with you know Abrams had a had a quietly good year last year um and he was a guy that coming out of his rookie season a lot of people were paying attention to um, well, and but, he got remember he broke his shoulder and got hurt week one his rookie season what yeah, missed his so, whole first year, you know? Yeah, so his sophomore season was actually when he was doing really good. And then he yeah. had a down year, and then he bounced back quietly last season. But, like, the thing that I'm concerned about is kind of how Mitch was talking about is, like, defensively, you're doing okay. But when I'm looking at the offense, you are you have two players that are responsible for nine total, nine total touchdowns each, so 18 in total. But then after that, the next highest is, like, what, three? So, like, yeah. Josh Jacobs has nine on the ground. Hunter Renfro has nine in the on in the air, but then after that you have uh the next highest is come on give me like actual okay um is Kenyon Drake with three and then you have Brian Edwards with three and Foster Moreau with three Peyton Barber three and then you have Henry Ruggs who we are Peyton Barber with two Henry Ruggs with two and the guy only 
guy played seven games before that the incident. Darren Waller needed more production. He played eleven games when he only had two touchdowns. Yeah, like uh, Zay Jones, who he's seeing is is a weapon. We just saw like he just scored a touch. Like is having a pretty good game in the preseason right now for Jacksonville. Like like is a weapon that you need to use when we're talking about John Gruden. What he wanted to do is he wanted to like air it out, go deep, uh, speed players. Um, I think something that is going to be interesting with Josh McDaniels coming in is he's going to, in the last, what, he's been with the Patriots since 2012, 2013, is under the last nine years of being there, he knows how, like, how to implant a culture and a vision into a team. And that is going to be something we know what a Patriot offense looks like. We know exactly what kind of players they're going to be needing and what kind of thing they're going to want to do. We all know that they're going to do a running back by committee. We know that their um, quarterback play is going to be very, very efficient. We know that Josh McDaniels is able to implement several different styles of offense and find what suits best for his players. So I think that that is going to help this team more than anything is that Josh McDaniels is a kind of guy that can look at his roster and implement a style uh, right now and then as he's drafting and building the team he can start to build in a direction he wants to go then he can work with the gm into a kind of offense that he wants to run instead of just trying to fit what he has um but already having a a quarter uh, a coach that's going to do those kinds of things that is actually taking what his players are good at and adapting those kinds of things and moving forward is exactly what is exactly what needs to needs to do we've said that like the most successful Patriot disciples are the ones that aren't trying to force a Patriot way. The Patriot, like the what Bell Belichick does better than any other head coach is he adapts very, very well to what he has on his roster. Um, so anybody that like when Brian Flores before, like he was able to do the same thing down in Miami, he adapted very well to what he had on roster. Mike Vrabel adapts very well to what he has on roster. Um, uh, even, you know, we can look at, um, Nick Saban, he adapts very well to what he has on roster. The offense changes day in and day, like or the the scheme offensively and defensively changes depending on who's who's on roster and what their talents are. So, like if if Josh McDaniels can take that element and move this team forward, then this team's going to be good. It's going to compete in the AFC West and it's going to um, move in the right direction. If he fails and flops like he did in Denver, then it's going to go down as you know Josh McDaniels might never ever get a head coach job, head coaching job again. Yeah, I mean, I think that our 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 two largest criticisms most recently on the Raiders have been none of your draft picks have worked out, right? Cleveland Farrell, Damon Arnett, um, Henry Alex Ruggs. Leatherwood. Um, I, Ale- Leatherwood's I got time. Leatherwood has time, and he also played out of position for a huge part of last season and is probably going to play out of position for a huge part of this season also. Um, but then also – your free agent no absolutely but also some some of the free agent signings that they had had in recent years that we've talked about in the past didn't work out Corey littleton and nick witkowski who two years ago we went the raiders may have one of the most underrated linebacker rooms neither of those guys are on roster anymore heading into this current season so like it you have this 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 you were getting whammied from both ends your draft picks weren't working out and your uh free agent moves weren't panning out either what last year i saw out of the raiders was especially on the defensive side some of those guys that you did draft that you had allowed to develop even some of those rookies had played really well i thought trayvon morig played very well last year 
Jonathan Abram, who we talked about, but then Max Crosby, a guy who you drafted a couple of years ago, started to come into his own. Now, a criticism, um, uh, offensively you need more of that josh jacobs hasn't been worth the first round pick that you spent on him unfortunately um hunter renfro has been your most consistent offensive weapon and when darren waller is on he's maybe the best tight end in football but he has a consistency issue and and unfortunately Derek carr has a consistency issue he's good he's he's very Kirk cousins-esque in that he's very good at completing about 70 percent of his passes but they don't always result in touchdowns uh inners they don't always result in touchdowns and they don't typically result in wins my other large knock on on the raiders is they went three and three in division last year which is is pretty good and i think this upcoming year in the afc they're going to be very three and three is a must right but you can't be three and three and two of those losses be to the chiefs and you can't be outscored, as I stated, 89 to 23 in those games. You have to be competitive with the Chiefs in the AFC West. Because regardless of what our opinion is of the Chargers or the Broncos going forward, the only team in the AFC West that has proven these last couple of years to be consistently good is the Chiefs. And you've beaten them, I think, once since Patrick Mahomes has taken over as starter. Like, yeah, you have to play more consistent there's been a couple of really close games but (coughs) excuse me but you have to play more consistently against the chiefs that's the benchmark to me the afc west is almost similar to the nfc north in that there's i can look at uh at minnesota and say they're going to give green bay the best run for their money and i can look at detroit and chicago and say okay they're building things that i can actively see but the benchmark still has to be can you beat green bay you know and that's that's what the AFC West is going to be. Can you beat Kansas City? Because if you go one and one against the Broncos and the uh, and the Chargers or against you know the Raiders or whoever, you're going to be in decent shape. But you have to at least split that series against Kansas City. You have to take care of business at home. And and the Raiders just didn't do that. They got absolutely annihilated in both of those games. Um, what I'm most excited about with the Josh McDaniels hire is to see the Raiders attempt to fully flesh out a run game that's not just power football power football is great and i love power football take it from a fucking wisconsin fan but like the raiders aren't built to do power football and i don't think josh jacobs is in the best position just being a bruiser back i think that if you can if you can scheme him into open space where he can then try to be a bruiser in a one-on-one situation as opposed to going into two or three linebackers coming off of a, a, a an ISO play or a 32 draw or some shit like that, you're he's going to have a lot more success for you. But the Raiders just have not schematically set up their offense for success these last couple of years, you know? Yeah. Um, but right. let's, uh, let's talk about their free agent class. Now, obviously – Lots of moves, right? You lost Yannick Ngakwe, who was your sack leader. He had 10 of your 35 sacks last year. Um, uh, uh, you lost Kwiatkowski and Littleton, uh, your starting linebackers. Uh, you lost Marcus Mariota, your backup quarterback, who goes to the Tennessee or goes to Atlanta. But you also had some pretty big pickups. You got Chandler Jones from Arizona. You traded for Devontae Adams uh, from Green Bay. You picked up uh, Keelan Cole from the Jets. Uh, and that's just to name a couple. 
um, Brandon Bolden, Kyler Fackrell. You had you had lots of pickups there um, on the offensive side. So taking a look at the uh, uh, free agent gains and losses, including the Devontae Adams trade, what what stands out to you guys? What are your guys' thoughts? And then I guess follow up would be how how big is the Devontae Adams trade? Getting a guy who is thought of to be at least a top three wide receiver in the NFL and getting him for only a first and a second round pick in this year's draft. Yeah. So to start out with free agency, like you said, um, I think Casey Hayward's definitely going to hurt just because like I've talked about before, the secondary has been one of the biggest weaknesses on that defense outside of linebacker and losing a guy of that caliber, I think is going to hurt when in my opinion, I don't think they've fully replaced uh, what he's able to bring to the table. Um, but besides that, I think they did a pretty good job for the most part of replacing what they lost. Uh, two guys outside of the big headliners of like Chandler Jones and Devonte Adams that I liked was uh, first getting uh, Blyle Nichols from the Bears, uh, who was very underrated in his time in Chicago. Uh, the dude had 51 tackles, three sacks, and 12 pressures last year. Um, we know they have these amazing edge rushers between Max Crosby and now Chandler Jones, but defensive tackle has kind of been they really haven't haven't had anybody. So to get a guy like that to give you that kind of production, I think is really going to help out their uh, pass rushing department. And then Rocky Asin, who they got from the Ngakwe uh, trade, I think can help out a little bit. Uh, he wasn't too bad last year for the Colts, 31 tackles, a forced fumble, and eight pass breakups. So at least you're getting some ta- talent to help out the secondary in that. And then when it comes to the Devontae Adams trade, um, I, I definitely think it's a great move for them, even though it sucks as a Packer fan. Um, Cause we've talked about it a bunch of times on this podcast of the underrated part of chemistry between a quarterback and his weapon. And uh, you know, Devonte Adams, Derek Carr went to the same college together and played together. And for the past uh, how many seasons in the off season have like thrown and caught with each other. So the, the chemistry is on point probably with Aaron Rodgers. So getting that kind of weapon and who's already the best wide receiver and to pair him with the, like a Hunter Renfro. So Adams isn't like the only thing. So he's getting like double, triple team and you don't have to worry about anyone else uh, can really lead to some big things. And um, I think this is the kind of move that Derek Carr needed because I I do agree with kind of Brady's point where uh, he is similar to Kirk Cousins where Derek Carr, I feel like isn't a Tom Brady or an Aaron Rodgers who give him scrubs and he'll make them pro bowlers where he needs the, the finer things when it comes to the pass catching department to really show you the talent that he has. And I think they did a good job by getting the best wide receiver in the league to do that. I, yeah. I mean, like you guys said, like you're taking one of the better, like the best wide receiver in the NFL um, and probably one of the better wide receivers in the NFL since at least Randy Moss was playing. Um, in terms of just kind of sheer talent, how he can take over a game, um, like dominance as not only a reception as like in terms of receptions, but touchdowns, yards, things like that. Um, and in in an age of really, really good wide receivers, um, like Devontae Adams is consistently showing up and and if not if not as the number one if as if not the number one wide receiver, but in top three, yeah. um, like across the board, um, like that is a that's a that's a fucking coup right there um you're and you're pairing like like already that's a fucking coup and now you're pairing him with his college quarterback and roommate i believe yeah. um so like this is a guy that 
they know each other very well. They knew each other before they were superstars. These guys combined, they won a, a Mountain West title together. Um, they were what, like, like, came through like for like 60 some touchdowns that season and like 30 of or not not 60 um it's like upper 40s well like, half of them. The, i don't i don't think it's a stretch to say that Derek carr and Devonte adams aren't both second round picks without if they don't the have each other, other yeah. No state, yeah you know yeah so like like upper 40, <laughs> upper 40 touchdowns and half of them went to one to adams so like you're doing that, then you're adding Hunter Renfro. I think, and then another piece that you added that's really nice is getting Keelan Cole and Demarcus Robinson. Keelan Cole had about 500 yards last season. That's another piece that he can benefit from Devontae Adams being double teamed. Specifically, when I'm thinking about okay, I know for a fact that when the Chargers are 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 trotting out Asante Samuel Jr. and J.C. Jackson as their starting cornerbacks, like having one of them have to play against Adams is going to help. When I'm taught, when I'm thinking of uh the Chiefs having just lost Tyron Matthew, now I have Devontae Adams that can go over the top. That's fucking great. Mm-hmm. Like those are those are great moves. Chandler Jones coming into place to replace Yannick Ngakwe, I absolutely love. Um, I think that he's. I mean, it, we're not so far removed from Mitch naming him as the best linebacker in the NFL. Um, like. This is this is a guy that's doing amazing things. You're pairing him with Max Crosby. With Max Crosby again, only had eight sacks last season. And again, only is a strong word. Mm-hmm. He was the second uh, rated edge rusher off of PFF last season. He had 13 tackles for a loss last season. Like this guy is showing up. Um, again, like an amazing draft from uh from guys that are really hit and miss from their drafts in the last couple of years. Um, but you're pairing him, like getting Belay Nichols to to help in the middle. Um, I think getting not only getting Rocket Sin, but getting Anthony Everett from Baltimore to come in as well. And then the move that I have to name because he's a former Husker, but I think he also fits the system that uh, McDaniels wants to bring is getting Amir Abdullah from the Panthers to come in. Because Amir Abdullah, it's already said, he's going to play the James White role. And Amir Abdullah does that very well. Like he already, he scored the first touchdown of, of uh, the preseason uh, in the Hall of Fame game doing just that it was a small fade route out of the backfield and it went for a TD. Those are the kinds of things that, that thrive in a McDaniel, in a McDaniels Patriots style offense. Like those are things that are going to help and work very, very well. We're seeing the kinds of moves that they're making. This is, this is a team that went from Hunter Renfro and um, Darren Waller being their top two weapons to now having a multifaceted uh, tooled offense that is going to make teams pay for trying to just, not trying to focus on one person um that's going to help them in the long run this offseason definitely helps and I, again i will i will say losing unique Ngakwe, your sack leader is going to hurt um losing casey hayward as just the veteran talent on, on the back end um, i'm surprised he did it did he go to another he went fucking... to atlanta okay yeah. i i was like did he go to another an afc west team because it would be fucking hilarious if he did but i couldn't remember um and i i'll also put quinn jefferson losing him um on the interior of that defensive line uh did hurt um but getting him uh is going to help i i like that they're 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 not throwing a ton of useless talent at these holes they're actually getting good players that have produced at different places and putting them into into pieces and then hitting it out of the park with guys like chandler jones and Devontae adams coming to help like that helps a ton oh also getting deron Harmon to help in the backfield uh as a safety also is great because he's a former patriot he uh just uh mcdaniels knows exactly what he's going to get out of him and you needed help in that back in that backfield 
Yeah. So I'll tell, I mean, you guys hit all of their, their moves on the head. I'll start or their gains on the head. I don't have much to add there. What I'll say about Devontae Adams is um, I originally stated top three wide receiver. Cause I didn't, I didn't want to go with a definitive statement of number one and cause an argument, but the boys are in agreement here. And I agree with them. Devontae Adams is the best wide receiver in the NFL. My question is, what, what's he going to look like without Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball? You know, I don't think it's a stretch to say that Derek Carr is not as good a quarterback as Aaron Rodgers is, right? What? And, yeah, they have a ton of chemistry from 10 years ago um, playing football. But this is the Patriots offense has never been an offense that favors a uh, a big number one wide receiver since Randy Moss. And when Randy Moss was your uh, big number one wide receiver. Uh, uh, Josh McDaniels was the offensive coordinator. In 2007? Yeah, he was the, he was the 2007, 2008. He left to go coach the Broncos in 09 and came back and then came back in 11. 11, 12. Okay. Um, But he hasn't had a weapon of that caliber in, I mean, hell at this point now we're talking like 15 years. Julian Edelman was great, but Julian Edelman was primarily a slot wide receiver. Um, and then you had your two tight ends, one who's most likely suffering from CTE and the other is dead. So like there's, 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 uh, with Devonte Adams, like my, my number one thing is, is how many, how many, uh, like what, what is he going to look like as the Raiders Devonte Adams? He's got great footwork. He's got over the top speed. We know that the relationship that he built with Aaron Rodgers allows him to do things just intrinsically that not many quarterbacks and wide receivers can do. And I think it's something that he's going to be able to build with Derek Carr. But I, I don't know what that's going to look like with the Raiders team. It gives me a lot of anxiety. Um, what I'll say about their losses is um, uh, I'm extremely worried about the defensive line and the linebacker position. You lost both of your starting linebackers, didn't replace them really. Um, you lost, uh, uh, we talked about unique and Gakwe. you lost Quentin Jefferson. You lost Solomon Thomas. You lost, uh, uh, Carl massive. So you're having to replace pretty much your entire starting defensive line from that stretch of you winning four games and getting into the playoffs, not necessarily the full season. I get that. But then you add on that. You lost a lot of bench guys like Nicholas Morrow, um, as well. And and I have I have issues with the secondary position. They're good at the safety position with uh, Abram and uh, Morig there, but I'm, that cornerback position just really worries me. And I know that they're not having to play Tyree Kill two times a year anymore, but the the Chargers are are solid at the wide receiver position. The Broncos have maybe the best wide receiver room in their division, and I just really don't love the cheat or the uh, Raiders. Uh, cornerback room at this point it's 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 nothing to write home about and and part of that is because you've got guys like damon Arnett who just aren't on the team uh for obvious reasons but like i don't i don't know my biggest thing with the raiders is that every year they make some move now not necessarily the caliber of getting a best guy in the league at any given position but they make moves that we look at on paper and we're like wow this looks really good 
and it doesn't work out for this team. Um, maybe maybe in a, in a review of that, we can look at this team and go, okay, there's a – because it used to be that we would look at their offseason and be like, they had a hole here. They filled it. They had a hole yeah. here. They filled it. They had a hole here. They filled it. Instead of doing that and us being like – and it's a good move. We're here – like, again, we said something similar, but it wasn't like I'm getting one piece to fill it. Like, I, like – like we had said, like I, at least I had said earlier, it's they put guys that are capable at those positions and put them in there. I agree, the linebacking and the defensive linemen, that's something that's going to be a glaring hole for this team. But to say, I, I'm sorry, to say that the Broncos have the best wide receiver room in the division when you, liter- you literally – you have Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Keelan Cole. Uh, uh, well, no, I was, I mean, I was excluding the Raiders because I'm talking okay, about I was who about the to Raiders say, like, have to cover okay. in terms of their games. Uh, yeah, I was, I'm I was excluding about to be like, the Raiders, but. I was like, okay, we're just, and we're also just going to skip over the tight end comment too. Like, <laughs> that was, um, that was rough, bud. Thank you. So, uh, so no, I mean. I, I, to go back to what Mitch said, there's glaring holes on this Raiders team, and it's namely on the defensive side. Um, and that, that's just really what I worry about because when I looked at, when I look back at the Josh McDaniels era with Denver, he made some bad moves on on the offensive side, namely starting Tim Tebow, uh, well drafting Tim Tebow and then starting Tim Tebow. Um, but their defense really truly suffered under Josh McDaniels. And it wasn't until Kubiak and Fox showed up that, uh, that, that defense kind of got back on track, you know? Um, so I'm, I, I also, the, uh, I will say that I like the Amir Abdullah pickup and I will say that I'm also worried about them losing Marcus Mariota. Part of it. And then you fill that with a uh, spot with uh, Jared Stidham. Correct. You filled it with Jared Stidham. Um, but Part of it, what I'm most happy about about losing Marcus Mariota is that now we can get off of the the whole like every time Derek Carr has a bad pass, maybe Marcus Mariota should start because that was all yeah. just a sham from the minute the Raiders signed him. And they it, it, it was an absolute sham. Um, so let's uh let's talk about their draft class now. Obviously, you have to color this draft class as picks one and two were Devonte Adams, right? Traded those to Green Bay, so they didn't pick till the third round where they took Memphis guard. Dylan Parham uh, in the fourth round, they took uh, Zamir white halfback out of Georgia, as well as Neil Farrell jr. Defensive tackle out of LSU. In the fifth round, they took Matthew Butler defensive tackle out of Tennessee. Um, and then in the seventh round, they took Thayer Munford offensive tackle out of Ohio state and Britton Brown running back out of UCLA. So Mitch, how do you grade the uh, Raiders draft class? Um, I'm going to give it a B minus. Um, I, I like the Dylan Parnum the pick. They obviously needed the offensive line help, and last year he didn't give up a single sack, and he's super versatile. He could probably play any position they wanted him to, um, so I think that really helps him. Uh, and we, from we, what we saw from the preseason games, Amir White looked pretty good, and given what uh, Josh McDaniels wants to do, uh, running back room with Josh Jacobs, Amir White, and Amir Abdullah, I don't think there's anything they can't accomplish with uh, just those three backs. Um, and then the guy I'm a little excited for is Matthew Butler out of Tennessee. Um, we talked about how defensive tackle has been a, a sore spot. So getting a guy like that who last year had 47 tackles, five sacks, and a forced fumble, I think really gives them some ta- young, talented depth. Um, but what kind of keeps it from going farther is just, uh, I mean, 
Thayer Munford, he's okay. I like the offensive depth. Uh, Burton Brown's kind of redundant for how many running backs they already do have. And I feel like the secondary could have been addressed more. Uh, just kind of building up with your wide receiver depth couldn't have been addressed more. Um, and we kind of talked about it, how uh, Darren Waller, very kind of inconsistent. Uh, I just feel like there's not a lot of solid, consistent depth behind them. So maybe getting another tight end would have been more useful than some of the other picks that they made. So considering all that, I'm going to go with a B minus. I pulling off of what my uh, good friend uh, Brady did uh, on a previous uh, draft, considering Devontae Adams as uh picks one and two when he was grading the Miami Dolphins grade. Uh, this is an A. Um, I love this draft. The only thing that does keeps it from an A plus is that you didn't draft a linebacker. Like that's really it. Um uh because you get Dylan Parnum who again didn't let up a sack last year uh played amazingly as a guard and then played even played still great but not as good as a tackle for Memphis um the last two seasons. Um you get uh Zamir White who again he's like he is a big, fast back. It's exactly the kind of prototype of of halfback that Josh McDaniels loves to get. It's it's the it's the Harris back. It's the Ramondre Stevenson back. It's the James White back. It's a big, fast running back that can work well in space. We love it. Zamir White did great in that in that first preseason game, but again, it's against the Jaguars once, twos and threes. Um, getting uh, Neil Farrell and Matthew Butler. Um, on the inside of that uh, defensive line, I think also helps a lot. These are two SEC defensive linemen. They're going up against some of the best of the best on offensive linemen every Saturday. Um, they know exactly what they're doing. Um, you, you just get them better on their technique and help plug some help help plug that hole. It's a it's a step in the right direction. You know exactly what you're needing to fix. Um, and then in terms of and then getting Thayer Munford out of Ohio State. This is a four time All Big Ten honoree. Um. Like he again works tackle and guard. Um, he's six foot five. Like his frame is is amazing. His hand, like he again needs to work on his technique. Do good. I also agree with Mitch. Get a little bit of a knock for drafting another halfback towards the end. Um, it's um and not drafting uh, a linebacker. I think that that's really what could have helped get this grade to an A plus. But every move that you made, except for the halfback, I'm like this is a good pick in this position at that draft pick. Um. And it actually makes sense for what, like it's a it's a draft class that actually makes sense on what you did versus what we've seen past draft classes by Mike by Mayock and Gruden where it's like okay, hated hated the Leatherwood pick but you got Trayvon Morgan or Morig like hit and miss how like why didn't you just draft Morig in the first round and then get leather like just flip it like this actually makes sense you drafted players in the position that you needed to get them um and you address you address needs um except for the linebacker which keeps it from being an a plus yeah so so color with Devonte adams uh a trait i give it an a minus my knock is uh you don't go linebacker um you don't go corner uh, and I agree with Mitch that you don't go. I would have just liked to see another pass catcher, whether that was tight end or wide receiver. I'd have been happy with either. Now, part of it is you don't have a first round pick. You don't have a second round pick. You don't have a sixth round pick. So you have to sort of take it for what it's worth there. Um, I love the Dylan Parham pick. The dude played 1900, uh, just over 1900 snaps, about 900 at, uh, uh, sorry, let me try this again. He played 1,900 snaps at left guard, 
900 snaps at right guard and 873 snaps at right tackle. Like if you want to talk about versatility, this dude has it. He can play every position on that offensive line, maybe with the exception of center, but only because he hasn't really tried it. Um, And that's exactly what the Raiders need. When you're already a team that's playing with Alex Leatherwood completely out of position, um, and then you, like, you need versatility there. And we've seen how valuable versatile players are. It's the new breed of the NFL lineman. You don't draft a lineman because they're good at being center or good at being tackle. You draft them because they're okay at being three different positions. You know, um, I love the uh, Zamir White pick. Absolutely love it. My knock is that you took two halfbacks, which you're already in such a crowded running back room. There's no way everybody's going to get their snaps. And I know that like we said that about teams like New England for a very long time and New England always found a way to get guys snaps, but I, I, I just, I I don't know. I'm not in love with that running back room right now. Um, When on paper, it's, it's really good. Uh, Zamir white, Brandon Bolden, Brandon Bolden, Amir Abdullah and Josh Jacobs. That's a pretty good running back room, but they all do very different things, and I'm just not sure how it's going to work with the Raiders, considering that now, with the addition of Devontae Adams, I just don't really know what this offense is fully going to look like. And the preseason hasn't been super clear about it because Derek Carr and Devontae Adams haven't played yet in it. Um, the Neil Farrell Jr. and Matthew Butler picks I really like, especially the Farrell Jr. pick. This dude was uh, uh, voted the best defensive lineman at the Senior Bowl. He won a national championship with uh, LSU, was second-team All-SEC in 2021. And I'll kind of disagree with Mitch. I really like the Thayer-Munford pick. Um, I think for where they drafted him in the sixth round, uh, you get good versatility. Like, this dude was back-to-back first-team All-Big Ten, uh, and you got him in in the uh, uh, sixth round there. That's that's solid. And then Britton Brown, you know, another halfback. Okay, great. But again, you're just running into that same issue. So I give it an A minus Devonte Adams colored with versatile offensive lineman, a really good halfback. Who's going to be, you know, that James white esque um, guy and uh solid defensive lineman. I love it. Uh, I just, I don't love that. They didn't go after that linebacker position, the corner position, and they didn't go after really back up tight end either. Um, that's, those are my big knocks there. Um, but let's go and take a look. Let's do our, uh, season record prediction for the Raiders 10 and seven last year, second in the AFC West. We've already talked about two of their division rivals in Denver and the chargers. The Raiders kick their season off at the chargers, uh, before going to the desert to play Arizona or I'm sorry, home against Arizona. I apologize at Tennessee home against Denver at Kansas city before a week six bye. Um, they come out of their bye with a home game against Houston before back-to-back road games against new Orleans and Jacksonville. They come back home for Indianapolis before back-to-back road games against Denver and Seattle. Then they come back home against the chargers and then at the chargers. So will they really need to go anywhere? Um, or sorry, uh, home against the chargers and then at the Rams, I apologize, uh, home against the Patriots at uh, Pittsburgh, and then uh, close the season off with back-to-back home games against the San Francisco 49ers and the Kansas City Chiefs. So start the season and end the season in division. 10-7 and seven last year. Mitch, how do you have the Raiders going in 2022? I have them finishing with the exact same record. Um, I, they've added some talent. We've addressed that, but 
the holes are just very glaring to me. The offensive line, yeah, they added Parham. I think he'll be a starter, which is great. But the I would say the other three positions, because I think Colton Miller is a pretty solid left tackle, are dog shit to me, and I think that's really going to hurt them. I think that they'll improve a little bit on that 40 sack number, but there's still three glaring holes in the offensive line for me. And then I just feel like the back seven of that defense is really lacking. Um, safety position is pretty solid. Nate Hobbs had a pretty okay rookie year, but the other cornerbacks, the linebacker room as a whole, and the defensive tackle uh, position is still a little bit of a question mark. I think that really hinders what they want to do. And it doesn't help that they play in what we consider the toughest division in football right now. And with the deficiencies that they have on the offensive line to play, uh, Joey Bosa and Cleo Mack twice a year, uh, Bradley Chubb and Randy Gregory twice a year, and Chris Jones, Frank Clark, and George Kalakdis twice a year. Uh, it's just going to be very tough for them to overcome with the really bad offensive line. So even though they added some really good talent in Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones, I still think they end up with the same results. Even though Randy Gregory will only get three sacks on the year. Yeah, but the but the three sacks will be against the Raiders. Yeah. Uh okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um, I actually have the Raiders going one win better than last year. I have them going eleven and six. Um so I I think that with a sound like their weaknesses are definitely weaknesses, but this is a team that was able to over, overcome those weaknesses last season. Go ten and seven, go three and three in division, um, and make the playoffs. I think this team is better than that team last year, so I'm going to give them a win more. Um, I think Max Crosby and Chandler Jones is a one-two punch is going to be just as effective as Khalil Mack and Joey Boza, or Bradley Chubb and uh, Randy Gregory. Um, or and just in general what Kansas City has on the defensive line. Um, I think that their defense is going to struggle, but I think that the pieces to get the, the pieces are going to be genuinely good because I still don't know what the fuck Kansas City is going to do for a defense next year. Um, so all of that, I I think that they're going to do well. I think that you having Arizona come to you, who I'm not really high in Arizona, even though they're completely and totally obliterating the Bengals right now. Um, like Arizona comes to you. I think that helps um, getting Houston coming to you. That helps playing the Saints who are going to be middling. That helps playing the Jaguars helps playing the Colts who like Colts are going to be okay. You have the Seahawks. That's going to help um, uh, Pittsburgh. We all agree is taking a step down. That's going to help. Like you have four games that should be wins. Um, and it, this isn't going to be a team that loses to like, like the team last year that lost to Chicago. Like this is going to be a team that actually that I think is actually going to win games that they need to. So if you go, if you win those four games that you need to, you go three and three in division already. You have seven wins right there, and I think they can pick up four more, um, just off of teams that are somewhat close to where they're at, and just kind of you know, a lot of averages. Um, I think that they can get them to eleven. So I I agree with Mitch. I got him at ten and seven. Um, and here's why I think the Raiders have two brutal stretches to their schedule. Those first five games are tough and it's going to be the mark. It's going to be the marker by which the rest of the season, the season is going to go for the Raiders. Because if you walk out of, uh, Los Angeles, Arizona, Tennessee, Denver, and Kansas city, 
three of your six division games are in the first five weeks. Your only saving grace in that stretch right now is Tennessee's offense doesn't look great at the wide receiver position and you won't have to play DeAndre Hopkins with the, the Cardinals, right? But if you go anything less than three and two in that stretch, you're getting it. Well, I, I'll, I'll say if you go any, if you go two and three or worse in that stretch, you're going to be in tough in a tough position. And if you if those three losses are in division, your season may as well be over. With how competitive we expect the AFC West to be, you can't afford to not win. I would say two of those first three divisional games. Realistically, then you get then you get your stretch of Houston. Uh, New Orleans, Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Uh, you get Denver again, which is going to be tough, and Seattle. Denver, Indianapolis are going to be the games to watch out for, but I agree with Skyler. They should win four, five, maybe all six of those games. And then you close the season, Rams, Patriots, Steelers, Niners, Chiefs. The only game in there that I could look at and say the Raiders are for sure the better team is that game against Pittsburgh because those that depth problem at linebacker and at corner really terrifies me against a lot of these offenses that they're going to have to play. And while the Raiders offense on paper looks very good, because I also forgot that this team still has Kenyon Drake at halfback as well. Um, so their, their halfback room is just insanely loaded. Um, it, it's, it's just, it's a tough stretch. They have to go better than three and three in division, in my opinion, for the Raiders to make the playoffs and I just don't know if in Josh McDaniel's first year, given a lot of the other storylines taking place in the AFC West, if they're going to do it, because yeah, the chiefs defense isn't going to look great. Um, and they've lost Tyreek Hill, but they still have maybe the best natural thrower of the ball since, uh, uh, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, really in, in Patrick Mahomes, they have uh, guys like Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Uh, Travis Kelsey, they have solid pieces on that offensive line, and they do still have good pieces on that defense, like Legereus Sneed um, and uh, Frank Clark, I believe. Um, Chris Jones. Yeah, sorry, Chris Jones. Um, all guys who can be, who are solid pieces, and we saw towards the end of the season that the Kansas City defense had figured out a lot of their issues last year, you know? And so, yeah, you lost Tyron Matthew, um, and so we'll see how that all works out, but I don't know. It's of all the AFC West teams, I'm most shaky on the Raiders because there's just, there's a lot that's happened over these last couple of, of months, basically with this Raiders team, since John Gruden got fired, lots of turnover and change. And that defensive, really all three stages of that defense just really worry me. The only positions I feel super solid in are those edge rusher positions and the safeties. And then offensively, your, your line, I agree with Mitch, is maybe 40% complete right now. Dylan Parnham is not projected as the starter and any position on that offensive line for week one, which to me doesn't sound, doesn't seem correct. Um, and, and you're solid at the pass catcher position, but th there's, there's holes in this Raiders team that they're going to have to work through. I think there's going to be growing pains, and I think those first five games are going to be tough for them uh, to get through. So I got them going 10 and 7, and that's that's good enough for me for them to make the playoffs, but as a wild card. I don't know about you boys. Uh, no, they missed the playoffs under me. They win the West under me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll, well no, because no, we'll I'm talk saying, about like, it when right. we get to the Kansas City episode, obviously. Well, no, because I'm, I'm saying, like, really, everybody in the West is one win away from each other. 
for me. Like it's literally right there. It's the division is the tightest it is. It comes down to tiebreakers and how you do in division for me. And we'll talk more about it when we get to the Chiefs, but they win the West for me. That's interesting. So, uh, Skyler, I take it that's your hot take on the Raiders then? Uh, also, they sweep the Chiefs. You have them sweeping the Chiefs. You have them after losing 89 to 23. Yeah. You have them sweeping the Chiefs. Yeah. No, no I don't tell us on the Chiefs episode. Um, I will. Uh, it's honestly, uh, if I've learned anything from the last two years of doing this podcast is to trust my gut. Um, because more often than not, I'm pretty close. Um, and I, for some fucking reason, feel really strongly about these Raiders. And I think they're actually going to do pretty well. Um, they, they, the th- they're the three seed for me um, coming out of the AFC. Because the AFC is really, really tight. I don't have, again, everyone's within one win of each other. I have, if I look, let me look. I have... 12 of the four of the 16 teams in the AFC having winning records. Um, like, yeah, the AFC, I think, is the best, is much better division. Um, so yeah, like they're all close. It's going to come down to week one or uh, the last week. I'll, after we are done recording, I will go through the math with you guys, but it definitely plays out. Interesting. All right. Well, uh, we got the Arizona Cardinals next, so we'll head back over to the NFC. Um, we've I don't only... get hot takes. Oh, yeah, no, 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 does no, Mitch just, have a hot yeah, take? I'm so sorry. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Uh, Mitch, Go uh, you got any hot take? Uh, yeah. Besides them missing the playoffs, I will say that uh, Max Crosby and Chandler Jones combined for the most pressures in the NFL next year. Ooh, I like it. Um, I don't know if I have a hot take. Uh, uh, Derek Carr gets sacked more than 40 times next year. Uh, okay. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think if I had any of us. No, I, I, I like that one. Um, but we've got the Arizona Cardinals next. Um, we've only covered one NFC West team so far, and that's being Seattle. So we've got Arizona, we still got San Francisco and Los Angeles, we got Green Bay. We got Tampa Bay, we got Kansas City, we have Cincinnati, we have Tennessee that we have to cover. So we're getting towards the end. Uh, now that we're in the playoff teams, we're, we're slowly starting to cycle towards the end of our team previews. But we've still got a lot of interesting teams to talk about in the NFL um, with lots of different storylines that that have happened. We've talked about Miami and Los Angeles sides of their, or sorry, Las Vegas sides of their wide receiver trades, but not Green Bay and Kansas City's yet. Um, we've hinted at it a couple of times, but uh uh, follow us on uh, Twitter, on Spotify. Email us your guys' thoughts, fourthstringsp at gmail.com. Uh, preseason football has kicked off. College football is less than three weeks away. We're so excited to bring all that stuff to you guys. Um, and then on top of that, we didn't even talk about Fernando Tatis Jr. suspended for 80 games out of the MLB, which for a, a Padres team that just broke the bank to bring in a bunch of talent to make a playoff push is a tough pill to swallow. Um, so baseball is going to continue to heat up. We got, we got great things to talk about with you guys these next couple of weeks, uh, months, lifetimes. Uh, and, and, uh, we're just excited for you guys to, to join us on the journey. Uh, thanks for listening. Have a fantastic night.